Mark. Appreciate you being here and filling in with uh, filling in for Andy, who uh, is probably almost back, isn't he, Deanna? He's going to be back today, right? Is, is going to be today. So be glad to glad to have uh, have Andy back, and always glad to have people that can fill in and step in. And uh, Mark's always one that we enjoy uh, having with us today. Uh, so I finished my series that I had started earlier in the year, finished it last week. I want to have a, uh, I'm just going to give you a, I guess what we call a standalone sermon today. Uh, it's not related to a new series coming up or really the previous series that we just did. I want to I talk to you about peace. Uh, I've been reading this past week and the week before, I've been reading a lot in the Psalms. And lately, God has, uh, God has really been speaking to me a lot about the importance of, of an inner life that we have with Him, our personal inner life relationship with Him. I think we spend a lot of time on the external life, uh, trying to look good and clean our life up and be moral and do the right things. Uh, but the most important thing is that we have an inner life with God that is as it needs to be. And this is, this is a new sermon series that the Lord is really marinating in my heart. I'm looking forward to starting that sermon series uh, probably, uh, August, excuse me, probably uh, July sometime, maybe late, late July sometime, maybe sometime in the August. And you might be saying, well, why, why are you going to wait so long to start that sermon series? Well, as most of you know, I'm going to be going on a short sabbatical. Uh, it's going to feel like a long sabbatical to me this summer. Uh, most of you probably got my letter in the mail about that. So, um, so yeah, y'all can pray for me while I'm gone. Our personnel manual states that uh, all, we have seven pastors on staff, and uh, after seven years, we get a sabbatical. And so three of our pastors have already gone on sabbatical, and uh, now it's my turn, and so... Y'all just, uh, just pray for me as I'll be gone for, uh, for several weeks leading up to that. Uh, but today, I want to talk to you about peace. Now, just to warn you, it was at about this moment in the first service that I prayed the lights off uh, and everything went dark. So let's hope, uh, let's hope that didn't happen again and we got that resolved. Uh, if we do, if that happens again, then I don't know if it was my fault or what. If that happens again, then we'll just keep right on going. But I want to talk to you a little bit uh, about peace. This sermon this morning is about something that I think is strikingly absent in our world. Don't have to convince you of that. All you have to do is turn on the news. And, I mean, there is just so much conflict, so much fighting. Truthfully, all you have to do is just look into your personal life. And you would probably say, there's a lot that I worry about, a lot of things that I'm concerned about, a lot of people that I'm mad at or they're mad at me, you know, a lot of things that, that I'm in a hurry to accomplish. You, you, would, you could probably say that even it, it's, not just, it's not just the world out there that seems to not be at peace. It also sometimes tends to be the world in here, our inner life, that's not at peace through struggles or trials or worries or whatever it might be. But peace is mentioned a lot in Scripture. It's mentioned both as a characteristic of God because God is, God is more at peace than anybody. Uh, it's mentioned as a characteristic of God, but also it's mentioned as something that we should have in our life as well, a quality that should be true about us. Uh, so here's some scriptures. Uh, here's some scriptures that 
just talk about peace. I'm not going to read all these. I'm going to refer to some of these. Uh, but this sermon is going to be a little bit different today in that it's going to be more of a topical sermon. I'm not just going to be in. I'm not just going to be like you know doing an expository message on one verse or one passage. I want to. I want to show you a lot of different verses today. I'm going to show you these and many other verses that talk about peace, uh, how we get it, and how it's to be applied. And that's. That's really, that, that's really the outline of my sermon today, how we get peace, how we maintain peace, and how it's to be applied in all of the areas of our life. And so I'm, I'm, um, I'm going to be going pretty fast today and covering a lot of ground. I'm doing that on purpose because I want to give you kind of a bird's eye view of what the Scripture says about peace. Uh, first off, the type of peace that we're talking about, that the Bible talks about, is not what I'm just going to refer to as worldly peace. Uh, if you just go and look up some definitions of peace, you're going you're gonna to find some definitions like this. Uh, a state of tranquility or quiet. In other words, you're just, you're just kind of in silence. There's not much going on. Uh, freedom from oppressive thoughts or emotions. Some of you would say, well, I'd, I'd like that. That'd be good. I, I'd like some of that. Uh, freedom from civil disturbance, a period of mutual concord between governments. These, these are all definitions that you can find regarding peace. The interesting thing is there's really not anything necessarily spiritual about any of these definitions, and they don't say anything about God. I believe that the peace that God wants us to have goes far beyond this. And some of you would say, man, if we could just have this, we'd be doing really, really great. And, I'll, and, and to a certain extent, I agree. But I don't think this quite goes far enough and so really the type of peace that I want to talk to you about today is a type of peace that is a soul that is deeply satisfied in God alone. That to me is the fruit of spiritual peace, which is peace is one of the fruits of the Spirit, is whenever our soul is deeply satisfied in God and God alone. We don't have to have anything else. Uh, we don't, we're, not, we're not looking for anything else. Our, our souls are not striving towards anything else. But having, having a deep satisfaction inside of us that's more than just the absence of problems or conflict. I mean, we can find that at certain points in this life without God. But something on the inside of us that says, you know, I am satisfied on a deep level, deep in my soul, deep in my heart, my heart because of who God is. And obviously, this is shaped and initiated by relationship with God. So what I want to do, and uh, I've, I've got some statements on the back of your bulletin. I'm going to give you just kind of three quick statements about how we get the peace that, we're, that we're, we long for. And then we're going to look at some application points that if we wanted to, we could spend a long time on, but I'm just going to kind of skim over them. Some everyday areas of life where we need to be peacemakers, okay? So the first thing that I want, I want to mention to you today is that peace is attained by being reconciled to God. This is really the most important thing. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm kind of starting with the most important thing that we could possibly say about finding peace in the soul. I'm kind of reversing the sermon today. Normally, uh, we would kind of start with, an, we would kind of start in a practical way and we would kind of work our way into the gospel at the end. But I, I want to just give you this right up front. There's nothing that can be said about having peace, attaining peace, unless we first have a relationship with Jesus. 
The Bible basically demonstrates that all of us are born in conflict to God. You're born with a sinful nature. You're born naturally in rebellion against God. You think about yourself way more than you think about anyone else and way more than you think about God. We're all kind of going our own way without Christ to save us and to reconcile us to God, we will never be at peace. And that's basically what the Bible says that Jesus accomplished by shedding his blood on the cross. He reconciled us to himself. And it wasn't all this way. The world wasn't always at conflict with God. You can go back and read Genesis chapter 1 sometime and you can see a perfect world of tranquility. Peace and tranquility between husband and wife, uh, between people and creation around them, and between creation and people and their creator between God. Perfect harmony that we know has been totally shattered. We now live in a world that is in rebellion against God. Jesus died on a cross, and it's only through him that our souls can find peace. If you're looking for peace in any other way, in any other way, you will never find it. You'll find the worldly peace of tranquility and maybe some emotional stillness at certain points in your life, but you will never truly find peace in your soul. This is the first step to call on Jesus and to be saved. But it doesn't stop there. I know that most of you have been saved. Most of you, at least at one point in your life, you had spiritual peace. There's an old, matter of fact, there's an old track, a gold gospel track that we used to hand out to people. It says, Steps to Peace with God. And if you've been saved, if you've called on Christ, and if you know Him in a personal relationship, there's at least been one point in time in your life where you experienced spiritual peace with God. And that was whenever you got saved. And that was whenever He came to live inside. You totally surrendered to Him. You called upon Him, and you got saved. So at least once... In the life of every Christian, you've had the peace of God. But the truth is, if we were to go around and if I was to interview every Christian in the room, some of you, a great number of you, many of you would say, you know what, I'm just not really experiencing the peace of God right now in my life. My soul is not at rest. And while theoretically, yes, my soul is deeply satisfied in God alone, experientially, that's just not really happening in my life. Or you might say, there's something that has happened in my life that's threatened that or kind of disturbed that. Because it is possible to attain the peace of God and have it one day and lose it the next. And so this second statement that I want to show to you today is that peace can be, uh, a peace, peace can be maintained through submission to God. Look at what Job says. I love that verse. Job 22, verse 21. Submit to God and be at peace with Him. But then this verse in Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3. This is one of my life verses. When a problem comes along and hits me in the face, when I start to get anxious... Uh, when I start to worry about things, whenever the peace of God, I, I begin to lose it in my life, and I don't have that connection to the Holy Spirit like I really need to. Man, I, this book, the, the, the book of Isaiah, and this this chapter, and this verse, He will keep in perfect peace—not just peace, but perfect peace, a spiritual peace, the type of peace that only God gives. 
And he does that for the person whose mind is steadfast, not steadfast on their problems in life, but steadfast in trusting in God alone. You see, that day that you got saved, that you experienced so much peace with God, that you called upon him, the reason, the reason that happened was because you were completely surrendered to God. You had totally given up on yourself and you had called upon him. You know, that's not the only time, the, the first time we get saved, the time when we get saved, it's not should just be the first time that that happens. It shouldn't be the last time that ha that happens. We should be maintaining a peace with God and ongoing submission to Him. And do you know, you, you don't have to be disobedient. You, you don't have to be disobedient to lose the peace of God. All you have to do is just ignore Him. Just ignore him. Just drift, just slowly drift away from him. And you can lose, you can lose the peace of God just by getting out of your routine of talking with him and spending time with him and reading his word and listening to him and meditating on what he says to you. You can lose the peace of God just by losing a connection with him. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Matter of fact, if you're a Christian, it happens to all of us, doesn't it? We get lazy spiritually, or God tells us to do something and we don't do it, or we do something without asking God his permission, saying, Lord, is this what you want us to do? And we lose the peace of God. Problems start happening in our life. We get worried, we get hurried, we get stressed, and we go back and we call upon the Lord and we say, God, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done this or I should have done that. Or I've drifted away from you, Lord. I want to be restored to fellowship with you. And what happens? The peace of God comes back upon us. But sometimes it's not our fault. And sometimes this sinful world does things to us. People will sin against us or we'll get sick or we'll get fired from our job. Or something bad will happen in the world that will cause our life to go into disarray. And this happens to all of us, and it's not, my, it's not necessarily our fault. Life happens, tragedy strikes, and then what happens? We lose the peace of God in our life, but it doesn't have to be that way. The Bible clearly shows us, and this is the third statement that I want to share with you, that peace can be sustained through trials and troubles in life. You know, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 through 7 says that when we're anxious about things, when we're worried and when we're hurried, the Bible says that if we will go to God in prayer, if we will submit ourselves to Him and give over the problems of life, God has promised that He will give us that peace. And we can have, listen, this is so important, we can have peace in Him whenever the situations and circumstances of our life are not at peace. We can have an inner peace with Him whenever the, our outer life is in disarray because of the problems of this world. Look what Jesus said in John 16, verse 33. I love this verse. Jesus said this to His disciples right before He was arrested and murdered on a cross. And he knew it was coming. 
He knew it was about to happen. And he knew that these apostles that he was saying this to, he knew that they too were going to be persecuted and many of them murdered for their faith. That they were going to be persecuted their entire life. That all of their external circumstances in life were going to be anything but peaceful. But Jesus said, I've said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. That sounds almost like a promise or at least something prophetic that Jesus was saying to them. Because in the world, they had lots of tribulation. He said, but in me, you can have peace because I have overcome the world. This is one of the ways that, I mean, listen, if, if Jesus is not there for us, during our worst of trials, if he hasn't promised to be there for us whenever life is its hardest, he wouldn't be much of a caring Savior. And I believe that in anxious times, Jesus is there. He is most accessible to us during the worst of times in life. Even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, God has promised to be right there with us. So that's the inner peace. The inner peace that Jesus has promised. We get reconciled to God. We maintain it through surrender. We can even sustain it through the hardships of life. That, that happens on the inside. But what about on the outside? I mean, how, how does this apply to the areas of our life? I think there's some important ways that we become peacemakers in this life. Not just having a peace on the inside of us and holding it in, but actually sharing the peace of God in the various circumstances and the various venues in which we live our life. Now, I'm going to hit these. I'm going to hit these like really fast. But I just want to give you a snapshot of all the major areas of our life where we're to be peacemakers. Number one, we're to be peacemakers at home. We're to be peacemakers at home. You want a recipe for a Christian family, here it is. The basic ingredients of a Christian family has to do with how the wife relates to the husband, how the husband relates to the wife, how the children relate to the parents, and a verse I forgot up there has to do with how the parents relate to the children. It is literally that simple. To have a Christian family and to have peace at home. And the verse I forgot to put up there was, Fathers, don't exasperate your children, but bring them up in the fear and admonition of the Lord. Now, right out the gate, I know what y'all are thinking. You're thinking, oh, man. I mean, you just, you just like hit me hard, like right from the beginning. Because here's the thing. If, if, so if, if your house is like my house, it, it usually goes something like this, all right? Uh, we, uh, we wake up on Sunday morning, and uh, kids are crying, and people are late, and no one's had showers, and everybody's hungry, and kids are fighting, and we come walking out of the room, wiping the sleepy out of our eyes. Y'all stop that. Y'all quit that. Hurry up. Oh, my goodness, we're running late. Hurry up. And everybody's screaming and shouting and running around frantic. And then, you know, we all jump in the car together. You know, the boys are, you know, having MMA fights in the back seat, and the girls are slinging hair bows, you know, at each other. 
and you know we're barking at them and then and then we get snippy with each other and then as soon as the doors to the van open we get out in the parking lot hey how are y'all doing good to see you we might poke our head back in the van hurry up you need to hurry up get out oh everything's going how's your family oh we're good everything's awesome yeah and we go through church and we're like hey you know oh amen oh praise the lord and as soon as we jump back in the van it's like oh. We get home. What do y'all want to eat? I don't know. I don't like that. I mean, if your family's like my family, you experience times to where there's no peace at the home and you're just trying to fake it on the outside. One of the first places that we're to live out our discipleship is in the home. There should be peace, Christian peace, that should exist between husband and wife, between kids and parents and this is one of the places of application I, I, a lot of people think marriages and and families about relationship I personally think family is not necessarily about human relationship but it's about spiritual discipleship the home needs to be the first place and I, I, I think this this is a recipe this is a recipe for raising godly kids and having godly uh, having a godly relationship number two we're to be peacemakers with other believers peacemakers with other believers Jesus said by this shall all men know you're my disciples if you love one another it's hard to have the peace of God in your life internally in your life whenever you're at odds with another believer whenever there's someone else that loves Jesus and you love Jesus but yet y'all hate each other or you're in conflict or somebody's mad at someone it's hard to have the peace of God in your heart when you don't have the peace of God with other, uh, other children of God. And so Jesus tells us what we're supposed to do. It basically says, if, if, if someone has sinned against you, go to them and show them their fault and be reconciled. Or if you realize that somebody has something against you, go to them and be reconciled. Notice it doesn't matter which side of the equation that you're on. When you realize your situation, you go to the person, and it's not, for the, it's not to, to set them right or to rebuke them or to be punitive. It's to go to them and bring, rec listen, bring reconciliation between you and them, just like Jesus brought reconciliation between you and God. Jesus was an agent of reconciliation. And we're called to be agents of reconciliation with other believers when we find ourselves in conflict. And this next one is kind of similar. We're to be peacemakers among God's church, in God's congregation, with other people within our congregation. This is not just an, an individual thing between me and an individual. This is something that should exist collectively within God's church. Now, if you're familiar with other churches, if you're familiar with a lot of churches, a lot of churches don't have the measure of peace and stability that we have at Stephen Street. A lot of churches are in conflict, they're dividing, they're fighting among themselves. It's more than just individuals within the church, it's factions within the church that, uh, that, that bring disunity. Well, 
The Bible tells us that we're to be peacemakers, that God is not the God of disorder, but of peace, that we're to do what leads to peace and mutual edification. That's what meeting with God's people should be all about. And uh, Colossians 3.15 says, the, says uh, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Not necessarily me as an individual, but all of us collectively, to which indeed you were called in one body, that we're to have peace as we meet together. Can I just, can I just share with you, as we were singing that, the last song that we were singing, and I was sitting down there on the second row, and I was thinking about this sermon, I thought to myself, there are few places that I can go where I just feel and sense a measure of peace alongside God's people and God's congregation than, than, than when, I'm, when I'm in church and when I'm, with this, when, when, I, when, I, when I'm with you. And that's the way that it should be. We should be peacemakers among God's people. Now, inevitably, people within churches are going to disagree, but we apply these principles and we become peacemakers. Listen, y'all, there's a lot of churches out there that don't get this. Uh, there's probably a lot of Christians that you know that attend churches that are constantly in an argument or disagreement or disarray. Uh, seek to encourage those other Christians to be peacemakers and pray, uh, pray for those churches who, who might be uh, in, uh, dividing. Okay, the next one, this is a hard one. Peacemakers at work. Peacemakers at work. Some of you right now are saying, you have no idea the place where I work and the people that I work with. I mean, it is extremely difficult. Now, you might be the boss or you might be an employee. It may be co-workers, but you, you can find, and, and, okay, so but before I was in full-time ministry, I spent 10 years in the work world uh, as I was getting my education in college and in seminary. I just kind of how I made ends meet. And I worked at, uh, y'all may remember, Dillard Department Stores, and I sold men's tailored clothing. So, you know, all the people that needed suits and wanted a, not, not a suit off the rack, but they wanted everything tailored, um, I, 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 I sold suits, and that's how I, how I made it, how I paid my bills. And when I lived in Fort Worth, Texas, I worked with these other two men, and I mean, we would, this is so toxic, we would go months and never speak to each other. Passive, aggressive, just hatefulness. And every time I would go to work, I would be like, man, there has to be something else that I can do with my life than go and deal uh, with this situation and with, with these men. But we were all three on commission, and it was a cutthroat environment. And some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. I mean, you exist uh, in that world. And uh, the interesting thing is that when you get out into the work world, uh, you know, you work around people who are not Christians and who don't have your values. They don't believe the same things as you do. But here's the thing. Now, listen, I know this is going to come as a shock to you, but there are a lot of Christians out there that don't act like Christians at work. Did y'all know that? This is shocking, but it's true. Um, there's, it, it, and this, it's, it's really a shame. Don't be, one of those, don't be one of those people. Don't be one of those people that doesn't live out your faith at work. 
Now listen, I am fortunate enough and I am lucky enough, I am blessed enough that I get to work at the greatest place on the planet. Um, and I, I, wish all, I wish all of you could work where I work. I wish all of you could work in an environment. And some, and some of you may say, you know what? I love my job. I love my boss. I love my employees. I love my coworkers. If you have that, you need to thank God for it because there's a lot of people that are trying to be peacemakers at work and they're finding it incredibly difficult. But the Bible says, aspire to live quietly, mind your own affairs, to work with your hands as we instructed you. Be peacemakers at work. And this last one, be peacemakers in the world. Romans chapter 12, verse 18 says, if possible, it's not always going to be possible. It's not always going to be possible. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. With all. Not just with believers, but also with unbelievers, with people who believe differently than you, with people who have different values than you. Now here's your test. Your test is going to be coming up in about two months in August with the first Republican primary debate in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. We're going to see so much arguing, so much disorder, so much attacking, so much criticism. The Twitter machine is going to start churning. People are going to start watching the news more. And they're going to turn the screw to try to make you as angry and as scared as possible so that you'll vote a certain way. I mean, it's coming. But here's the thing. Do you know we can be involved in all of this and still be peacemakers? We can still be peacemakers. We can be involved in politics, in the business world. We can be involved in our homes, in our families, in our churches. In all spheres of life, it is possible to live out the peace of God. But it has to start with inside of us. It has to be something that we genuinely possess. It has to be something that whenever we wake up in the morning, and when we spend time with God, that we find peace between us and Him. If you can't find peace between your soul and God's heart, it's going to be extremely difficult for you to have peace at home, for you to have peace with other believers, for you to find peace at work, for you to find peace in political cycles, for you to find peace in all the places that you find yourself because there's too much conflict in this world. There's too much disorder. There's too much chaos. If you don't bring it with you, you won't find it. You won't find it anywhere out there. You have to first possess it between you and God. That's probably where some of you are today. And I guarantee you, if you think about how your marriage might not be at peace, or you with your kids might not be with peace, or your work, or in the, in the world, or wherever it might be, if you think about these out external areas that might be in your life that are in disarray where you're not experiencing peace, I bet you have con if you connected the dots back, you could find some place in your own heart that is ultimately the source for why you're not at peace. Because I believe if you have it on the inside, 
you can take it with you into all walks of life. Let's stand together. I want you to do a little self-diagnosing. How's your heart between the Lord? Are you at peace with Him? Are you at peace with Him? Have you been reconciled to Him? Even one time, have you come to know Him as Savior? If not, that's where you have to start. You will never have a soul that is satisfied in God alone unless you have a relationship with God. Most of you do, but I, I can't help but imagine that some of you are here today and you're saying, my heart is not at peace. I know I'm saved, but I, I've, got, I've got so much going on inside of me. My emotions are running crazy. I'm worried and concerned about things. I'm in a hurry all the time. I hardly ever read my Bible. I hardly ever pray. I can't sit still long enough. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just too antsy about things, too worried about things. That's not how God wants you to be as a Christian. God wants you to be at peace. So what I don't want you to do. I want, I want you to all right now just bow your heads and close your eyes. And I want you to pray and think about things in your own heart. Where are you in your own heart right now? But just between you and God, don't think about the external circumstances of your life. I want you to just think about you and God. Are you at peace just between you and God? And if you're not, get it straight. Get it straight with Him. You straighten that, and you can straighten everything else in life. Straighten that first. Do business with the Lord. Ask Him. Say, God, what is it between me and you that's not right? Be at peace. Be reconciled with Him. And now think about the things on the outside of your life. Are you a peacemaker in your home? Are you a peacemaker in your church? Are you a peacemaker with other believers at work, in the world? What's God telling you to do? You spend some time talking to Him. You pray. If you want to come to the altar, please come and pray. You spend some moments praying, and we'll sing.